Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Why don't you just look around and turn to three people and give them a Delta-approved air high-five or air hug or something this morning. Say, welcome to church and... We're, we're excited, man. We're excited. We're in the middle of a, a conversation on faith, and man, what a season for faith that we all need right now, so we're just calling this thing Mountain Movers, and we're excited. And today, I'm going to preach on what we talk about, you know, talking to the mountain instead of talking about the mountain. We all get lost in talking about our problems instead of talking talking to our problems, and we're going to take a moment today and talk about what it is that we are talking about uh, as a church and as God's people. But before we get to that, you all should notice, you should have a few cards on your bench. Everybody got some cards around there, yellow cards. They say, see, lift on out in the back. Awesome. So here's a few things you can do. We're, we're celebrating our birthday in just a couple Sundays. It's our third birthday. We made it through COVID so far, y'all. I'm excited about that. God is good. He's faithful. So many little miracles along the way up to this point. Uh, and so here's what you can do to help us out, man. You can pray for our church three minutes every day. Take a moment and pray for the church. Pray for these streets. Pray that people come to find faith in God. And, uh, man, let's just, you know, the Bible says the prayers of a righteous person avails much, right? And if you are in Christ, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You might act ratchet from time to time, but you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And so your prayers matter. They count. And, and, and pray Pray for us as a church. Uh, the second thing, man, use your platform. Use your platform. Share on social media. Uh, we had a couple of TikTok masters in the house today. So, so use your platform and share the birthday. Uh, let people know about the church. Uh, and then invite three friends. It's our third birthday. Invite three people. Maybe, maybe they won't come. Maybe they will. I don't know. But let's pack the house out. Uh, wear the mask if you want to, whatever. And we'll just have fun. Okay? It'll be a great day. And uh, look at this. Y- y'all so, my little entourage is so distracting. I know. She, you tried to sneak in here, and I can't even stop it. Like, they're so cute. Look at this little, look, these, we just had twins this year, if you don't know us, and they are, they're very cute. They're way cuter than me and more distracting, and, and so, yeah, watch out for that coffee. That would create, create a problem, and uh, anyway, so, but yeah, let's celebrate our third birthday. Let's make it a big deal. We are celebrating God's faithfulness in this crazy season, and I really believe with all my heart uh, our best days are ahead of us. Uh, and so many things the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about in the last few weeks. I'm just like, God, our best days are in front of us, not behind us. And I'm ready for what you got in, in the future. There's a lot of people yet that need, need God and need his love. And that's why we, we're here and we exist. All right. Uh, okay. So let's say if you got your Bibles, I'm going to open up with two scriptures this morning. Uh, you can have it on your phone. Uh, maybe some of you old school, you actually have a Bible. Uh, we also have it on the screens this morning. We're going to read Mark 11 and I'm going to read first Samuel 17. So those two scriptures that we're going to look at this morning as a church and then go into what I want to talk about and preach about this morning. Uh, and the first is Mark 11, starting in verse 20. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. And so before Jesus had gone by it, he tried to find some fruit. There was nothing there. And he spoke to it and cursed the fig tree and it, and it withered up and died. Prophetically speaking, it was talking about Israel and, and Jerusalem, and God was looking for some fruit there, and it, and it wasn't there. And how many of you know that life is not found in the law? And so that's what he was talking to. Is like, man, this is not producing life. We, we're cursing this thing. It's going away. You're, I'm, you're not, not finding what I'm looking for, and I'm bringing about something new. And so prophetically, that's what was going on there. And so they're, they're shocked at this, and Peter remembered. He said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the, the tree that you cursed has withered. 
Verse 22, Jesus says, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Come on, somebody say amen. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. First Samuel 17 now, starting in verse 45. Let's look at that. David says to the Philistines, so now David and Goliath are squaring away. Most of us are familiar with the story. I'll touch it a few times today. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. How many know the Bible isn't G-rated all the time? Okay. <laughs> this very day I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds, the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, all those who gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it, struck the Philistine into the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Wow. I have a few disclaimers before we start talking about problems today, okay? And uh, here's disclaimer number one. If you can throw that up for me, Brian. Your spouse is not your problem, okay? Can I just get an amen from all the married people right now? Your, your, your spouse is not your problem. Don't go home and argue to your spouse and end it in Jesus' name, okay? I'm going to help some of you all out this morning. Don't throw stones at your spouse, okay? If you're in a rut in your marriage, the rut is the problem, not your spouse. The problem is the problem. The person is not the problem, okay? A amen. That's disclaimer number one. Your spouse is not your problem. So I just want to clarify before I preach this morning. Um, not every problem is your problem. Um, can I be honest? Some of you are exhausted today because you're carrying your problem and you're carrying three other people's problems. And you're carrying way too many mountains. You're not called to solve that problem. You're not anointed to solve that problem. Stop carrying all these problems. Amen. Nobody wants to hear that, but this is very good for, for us. Never forget that the sailors experienced a storm because they let Jonah on their boat. And now they experienced that was meant something meant for Jonah. Now they experienced and they lost resources. And while they're losing resources and they're struggling, Jonah doesn't care. He's fast asleep. How do you know you're carrying a Jonah when you're trying so hard to keep everything afloat and you're expending your resources and they chill in? Why? Because they're not losing their resources. They're losing yours and that doesn't bother them, right? So some of you, you don't need God's power this morning. You need godly boundaries this morning and you're just carrying the wrong people around and they're creating problems and you're losing resources and you don't need God's power. You need a cutoff. You need a boundary. You need to say, this is not my problem. I can't carry this thing for you. I'm going to let this thing go. It's not, not the problem God's called me to solve. Uh, number three, seeing a problem and solving a problem are two very different things. The body of Christ has enough consultants. What she needs are contributors. Come on, the world's got enough consultants. What she needs is contributors. It takes a contributor to make something better. Can I get an amen? Right? It's easy to see a problem. It's easy to talk about a problem. It's a different thing to solve a problem. And so we don't want to just be consultants. We want to be contributors. What, is, what does it take, Lord, to solve this 
problem. That's what we want to do. We want to solve problems in our families, solve problems in our careers, solve problems in the church, solve problems for the world. That's, that's why we're here. Not to just see it and point it out and talk about it, but to, to solve it. Amen. Uh, as we face problems, we as humans, we usually have a few common responses, okay? Like, like these are our default responses, right? When we, when we encounter a problem, we, we have responses that are very typical for us. Uh, the, the, first, the first one is colorful language. When we, when we hit a problem, we usually choose colorful language, right? Like, like we, somebody cuts us off on 95 and something colorful comes out, right? Um, we, we often choose complaining language, okay? So, so we see problems and we encounter Goliaths. We, we choose complaining language. Jude 1.16 uh, God is saying these people are grumblers and complainers, right? God does not like complainers. And, and often, more often than not, we catch ourselves, don't we, complaining about the problem, right? We're, we're, we're colorful. We're complaining. Um, number three, we often choose to use useless language. Um, we, we'll just call our friend or text our friend and we'll just talk about the issue until it's dead in the face, but it's all kind of useless. I caught myself doing this the other week. Where I was like, oh man, COVID's bad again. Yeah, I get it, but you're just talking about the problem. You're not doing anything. You're not solving any issues, you know, and I had to kind of catch myself. I was like, I'm just using useless language, right? Like just useless words. I'm, I'm blowing up a problem, but I'm not getting anywhere still. I'm nothing, nothing is changing uh, for the good. I love what Coach Lou Holtz says, a famous coach. He says, don't tell people your problems, 80% don't care, and the other 20% are glad that you have them. <laughs> Jesus invites us into a more effective world in solving our problems. God's word through your mouth is better than your words through your mouth. Can I get an amen? You echoing God's word about the problem is better than all of the colorful, complaining, useless language that we use typically. I want to echo what God is saying. I want to echo what God is saying. Now, this morning, if I've got you to a place where like, yo, pastor, you're right. Like I'm using colorful language and I'm complaining a lot and I've got a mountain in front of me and, you know, I, I think it is a mountain God's calling me to do and I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to talk to it in some faith. I'm ready to square away with this thing. I'm ready to face this thing. There's a few things that you ought to be ready for as you get ready to face your mountain. Last week we talked about, hey, on the journey of faith, you're going to face a few things. This morning I want to talk about when you get ready to face a problem and you get ready to talk to it, you're ready to square away with this problem, you're going to face a few things and I want you to be aware of it so you can be strong, so you can fight the battles that God has called you to fight. Amen. The, the first thing this morning is you're getting ready to square away with your Goliath is David faced his Goliath Number one this morning, not everyone is going to affirm you. Don't we love affirmation as people? Don't we crave affirmation? Not everyone is going to affirm me. David's dad did not affirm him. He never called David when the prophet said, get all of your sons together so I can anoint one to be king. Jesse, his father, didn't think that he was worthy. Some scholars think David might have been an illegitimate child of Jesse. And, and so Jesse's trying to hide his shame from the prophet. Isn't it amazing? We all get religious when the pastor shows up, right? Pastor, just hang over here for a moment while I put these DVDs away. You know, like, I mean, like, like we all, we all want to hide something, right? Isn't it funny that God could have been after the very thing Jesse was trying to hide? Oh, man, that'll preach. That's its own 
message. David's brother didn't believe in him, right? What are you doing here? Get away. Why do you even think? Why are you asking about Goliath? You can't do anything about this problem. And then, and then he really judged his heart, didn't he? He goes, you got an evil heart, right? And the Bible said he had a pure heart, but he's like, yo, you got a bad heart. You ever, you ever, you ever been miscategorized? Somebody maybe misunderstood your intentions or motives or whatever, and man, just being misunderstood is a part of life. So his brother didn't believe in him. Uh, David's leader didn't believe in him. King Saul di- didn't believe in him, right? He, he's like, there's no way you're going to take, take this guy. He didn't get affirmation there. Uh, David's enemy, Goliath, definitely did not believe in him. He's like, I'm going to take you out. You little, you're nothing. This is a joke. You're a joke. And so his, his problem is definitely talking, talking trash to him, right? Okay? So we're not always going to get affirmation. Check this out. Don't look for affirmation in life. Look for confirmation. Don't look for affirmation. Look for confirmation. Confirmation is something a little deeper. It comes from you and your relationship with God. You see, David didn't get affirmation that that day, but he had confirmation. He remembered that Samuel picked him out and anointed him. Come on, watch this. He remembered the lion. He remembered the bear. And he's like, I can do something. So I'm not getting affirmation this morning, but I'm getting confirmation. I have confirmation in my life, and I know the thing. I think I know the thing that God has created me and called me to do. I have confirmation. Got a little story this morning of Mr. Sanders. Mr. Sanders, with a $105 social security check, started driving around this country and looking for a restaurant to take his recipe. He had, he had a little recipe for fried chicken, and so he drives around. He goes, hey, I think my recipe will work. I would like for you to include this recipe for fried chicken at your restaurant. $105 Social Security, or, uh, you know, retirement check, and he's driving around the country. He gets rejected 1,009 times. 1,009 times restaurants say no to him until one restaurant in Utah says yes to him, and they start cooking up his recipe for fried chicken. It becomes the first KFC, y'all, and, and, and it triples in value. KFC did over two like billion dollars of business in 2020, okay? Now, what did, what did Colonel Sanders get? He didn't get affirmation, but he had confirmation. He tasted the fried chicken, and he knew it was good. The, the only company that beats KFC with fried chicken is Chick-fil-A because those things are hand-battered by angels, y'all. I don't know how they do that, but you talk about hearing from God on how to make chicken, okay? But, but, but he, he didn't get affirmation. He, he had confirmation. He believed in that recipe because he tasted it. Sometimes you got to taste your own recipe with God and know what you have because a thousand other people won't know what you have and who you are, but God does. Amen. You may not start the next KFC, but you are definitely not going to go anywhere in the rejection of others. You can't get anywhere living in the rejection of others. Rejection, you got to take it like redirection, don't you? doesn't mean you can't win. It just means you can't win with them. That's what it is. I have a good friend. We had breakfast together about three weeks ago. And uh, back in the day, he, he's, he's in his 60s now, but uh, back in the day, he used to run uh, cocaine all throughout South Florida. And he had a lucrative cocaine business. He's running, you know, you know the Miami Vice days, the cocaine cowboys, okay? So, like, he's in this world, okay? This was him back in the day. And so he's, he's running cocaine everywhere, and he's very, very good at it, and he's making literally, like, more money than I could ever spend in my lifetime, right? Until he himself gets addicted to cocaine, 
and he starts using it. He, he ends up in his parents' basement, living in a bed in a small room in his parents' basement. He's totally strung out on cocaine himself. And it's there in his parents' basement. His parents start preaching Jesus to him. And, and after a period of a year of trying to get clean and going through everything, he gives his life to the Lord. Okay, so now, now he's in his like late 30s, right? But he spent his 20s selling cocaine, so he has no education, right? He's got no job experience. He's got no good resume. He's, he's, got, he's got no one to really vouch for him, right? And, and so now he's like, okay, I got to get back in life and get back in the workforce. And so he keeps applying for jobs, and everyone keeps rejecting him because he's got no education. He's got, you know, no resume. And so he's getting rejected again and again and again and again and again and again and again. He's finally like, God, what in the world am I going to do? Like nobody, nobody wants an ex-cocaine crack dealer. What in the world am I going to do? And so he feels like the Holy Spirit speaks to him about starting a business. Well, he went out, got a partner, and he created a credit card processing company. This thing is now valued at over several hundred million dollars. He's getting ready to sell this thing. So he takes me out to breakfast, and I'm like, do you want to tithe off that thing or what? You know, like, no, I'm kidding. But, you know, it's just like, <laughs> we'd love to buy a building. I don't, you know, no. So and we, had, we, had a great, we had a great time together, a great break. He's a wonderful, wonderful friend. And, uh, and literally just became incredibly, incredibly successful there. And, uh, and he said, you know, Matt, he goes, I never really had a business plan. He goes, I would just get up every single week and ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want me to do this thing? And he goes, God believed in me when nobody else did. And, and I'm, I'm not saying you're going to go create a company and make $100 million this morning, okay? Like, there's tension here. But, but come on, you're, you're definitely not going to get anywhere in the rejection of others. You're not going to get anywhere if you never believe in who God created you to be. I, I'm concerned for our generation because we just see so many things and we just want to copy what we see. And, and we never celebrate who we are and who God created you to be. God can't anoint in a copy. He can only create an original and anoint an original. And so what, what has he called you to do and what has he called you to be? Amen. And so don't, don't look for affirmation alone. Look for confirmation. We'll get lost in the up and down of people's opinions of us. What is, what is God confirming? What's he, what's he saying over you? Uh, number two, and I, lo- I love this one. This, this speaks to church planting and a church planter. Number two, all I have is all I need. Is I'm getting ready to square away with my problem, my mountain, my Goliath, and I'm talking to it. I'm, I'm praying. I, I, I'm, I know I'm needing to face this thing. I can't run from it. All I have is all I need. The Bible said that David had five stones. Five stones. That's, that's not a lot. I mean, let's be honest. That's not a lot. If you're getting ready to take on a warrior who's got a spear, a spear and, a, and a shield and a sword and, and a head-to-toe armor, and, and you got stones, right? Like, like, like that's, that's it. That's all that is in your hands. And King Saul brings him in. He says, hey, listen, man, this guy from head to toe, he's covered in armor. You've got five stones. That's not enough. Take my armor. Take my sword. Take my shield. Take my spear, whatever, right? And he tries to get David to, to, to defeat his problem Saul's way. David, David has this amazing recognition in this moment. I can't do it your way. I got to do it Yahweh. And, and I just want you to remember that tricky little line. I can't do it your way. I got to do it Yahweh. Like I got to do what God has asked and called me to do. There, there's so many paths to win in life and so many ways to succeed, okay? Like, like I, I can't just copy what someone does and do that because what if, what if that's not who God created me to be? And, I, and what if I can't win that way? It works for them, but it may not 
may not work for me. And so I got to find, got to find my recipe. And David's got this recognition like, listen, I'm so small and skinny. I can't even barely pick up your sword and this armor. There's definitely no way. In fact, I can't beat this guy in close quarters. I got to take him out from a distance. And, And I'm not good at swinging a sword, but I can throw a stone. And so let me stay with the thing that God has called me to stay with, and, and he's created me. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I want to set somebody free. Stop trying to be like everybody else and go with the stones you got. We have so much shame sometimes because we look at what's in our hands, and we start looking at the problem and everybody else, and we're like, man, what they have in their hands is shiny. It's amazing. They load it down, right? Like they drive in the Lamborghini, and I've got the Chevy Chevette or whatever. It's like, like I got, these are all the stones that I have got. Listen, if what you have in your hands isn't enough, you're in good company because it was with a staff that Moses split the Red Sea. Come on. It was with a cross that Jesus bore that God took to defeat death, hell, and the grave. Come on, it was a broken wall, and Nehemiah became one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. It was with a broken past that God took the prostitute Rahab and made her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And it was five stones that God took David and took down a Goliath. It doesn't matter what's in your hands. It's what God wants to do with it. It's when you plant a church, you don't have everything all the churches have. Come on, I'm like, man, I want to be like Church by the Glades. Oh, my God, I can't afford church by the glaze. Like, they're going to have to put up with my preaching because that's the best I got. Like, come on, like somebody. Like, like, we all feel insecurity. We all look at what's in our hands, and we don't have enough. But what if all I have is all I need? Because I can take my stones and place them in the hands of God and be like, God, this is all I got. I need you to breathe on it. And I'll play this game the way you want me to play it. I'll do what you've asked me to do, and I'm going to trust you to anoint it. And I believe somewhere when David took that stone and he flung that stone, somewhere the breath of God just goes, and it was like a bullet. Boom. That was it. David had a little four-by-five-inch window on his forehead. That's the only weakness that man had. He had a little window of opportunity, and he threw everything he had at a little window of opportunity, and God blessed it. So, yeah, take that class. Apply for that job. Go ahead and believe in yourself. Finish your master's or whatever it is that you want to be. Don't listen to that ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend that told you, you know, this or that. Like, yeah, go for that. What is it that you got in your hands that God wants to bless and use? Stop looking what your problems got and stop looking what everybody else has got. What do you got? Don't live in shame with what you have. Use what you have. You sit in shame with what you have, you end up sitting on your stones. See, imagine if David's like, well, I don't have enough. I'm just going to hide my stones under here, and I'm going to sit on my stones because I'm too embarrassed to bring my stones out because my enemy's got so much more than I have. You can't sit on a stone. You have to send a stone. For God to anoint that thing and bless that, you got you to gotta send it. I was 17 years old when I gave my life to Christ, and it was a few months after that I was given a project, an English class, to prepare a little, like, 20-minute public speaking kind of thing for my class. And I, and I got my little notes together. I prepared. I had so much fun. And for 20 minutes, I'm talking to my class about how to change a tire. That's what I did in my presentation. I was like, how to change a tire. Okay, I'm from the Midwest, y'all. Is how we, you know, no. Like, how to change a tire. It was a lot of fun. And after 20 minutes of public speaking, okay, I, I got back down and I realized I felt more alive in those 20 minutes than I have in four years of high school. And I recognized something. I thought, I think God's given me a stone. I think I have something. I think I'm supposed 
to communicate and preach and, and do this for my life. And I wasn't always good at it. In college, in homiletics one, which is the class to teach you how to preach, I got a D. I got a D. Okay? Like, not passing, not good. Okay? And, and I struggled. And my professor would be shocked to know that I've spent 17 years of my life making my livelihood off of talking to other people. I did not do good in that, that semester. But every weekend, watch this, I, I threw another little stone. I threw another little stone. I, I polished. I got a little bit better. I got a little better at memorizing. I got a little better at studying. I got a little more confident. I threw a stone. You know, most people are more afraid of public speaking than drowning. And I do it every single weekend. You know, most people are more terrified of asking for money than dying. Pastors got to do that junk every single week, and you have no idea how hard it is to be me sometimes, okay, and the, and the fear I got to face just to show up. But I realize God's given me a little stone, so let me polish my stone and get good at throwing my stone. What's in your hands? What's your stones? What are you called to do? What are you, what are you good at? It may not be like somebody else, and it doesn't even matter. You know, my friend that created that company, he said, we took down multi-million dollar businesses with simple strategies, Matt. He goes, God's blessed me incredibly. He goes, he goes we didn't have what they had, but we just did it a little bit better. What, what's something you can just do a little bit better? Come on. You know, like I know Kelsey, she's studying to be a dentist. I, you can be the best dentist in South Florida, girl, okay? Like, like come on. Like, if, if, like what, what is it, you know? My man Ed went up there, just got a promotion. He's a man. He's leading people now, and he's like, yo, Pastor Matt, how do you do this? Because this is harder than I. You know, it's like, come on. He's going he to be the best manager in South Florida, whatever he wants to be. You might end up owning, like, UPS down here or whatever. You know, it's just like, whatever. Like, like what is it that God's put in your hands? Celebrate that. I, I, I just feel bad for people. They have so much shame on what they have. And it's like, no, no, don't have shame. What's God given you? What's God given you? Stop sitting on that thing. Send that thing. You know, there's a, there's a reason success starts with sucks. It's, it's like, we're, and we're all so afraid of failure. Hey, it's okay. You're going to fail for a while. And, and you need that failure. Because, see, when I fail, it teaches me to be humble. When I do have success, it teaches me not to be a punk because I remember what it was like to feel powerless. We need failure. Failure is good for us. You just grow through it. Let God bless you through it. Stop being so afraid of the stones in your hand. Amen? I've, I've meddled enough on that point. Did you all need that point this morning? Tell me you needed that, that point this morning. Because I got, I got one last good one for you before I'm going to let you all go this morning. Uh, n- number three, the last one. My finish becomes somebody else's start. My finish line becomes somebody else's starting line. Sometimes there are problems and mountains that God has called you to face. I believe God called me to plant a church in South Florida. That's my problem. That's my mountain. It is hard. And God is blessing and doing it. And COVID showed up. And then we had twins. And I'm like, can I just move back in with my parents and get some sleep? Like, like I don't need this problem in my life. You know, and, and God's like, keep going. You know, and okay. So, so everybody's got a problem, okay? You're, you're, you've either just gotten out of a problem, in a problem, or about ready to go into a new problem, okay? That's just the thing about life. And the Bible says many are the trials of the righteous. But, but my finish line becomes somebody else's starting line. When David knocked over Goliath, watch this, it gave the other men in the army courage to face the other men in the Philistine army that they were facing them, and they started running for those guys. See, Goliath, that was David's mountain, 
But the, the other army, yo, that was the army's mountain, they, and they needed that so that the children of Israel could experience freedom. Can I, can I tell you something this morning, church? Your victory isn't just for you. Your victory is so for somebody else. Come on, how many of you know there's a niece out there that needs to see you succeed? There's a nephew out there that needs to see you dump that toxic relationship and find the right man and get married to a good guy. Come on, somebody. Like, don't make me preach this morning. Like, there's somebody. Your kid needs to see you conquer this mountain so they know there's a God in heaven. Like, like somebody's looking at you, and your finish line becomes their starting line. So you can't quit. You can't give up. You can't just give in. Why? Because when you finish something, that gives somebody else the courage to start. And that's going to allow somebody else to live in freedom. I, yes, it's hard. I can't give up on these streets. They need Jesus. Every time people walk by, and I'm like, man, they're so excited for CrossFit. Worship ain't half that hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can, if you can do burpees for 20 minutes, you can raise your hands and praise Jesus. Like, you can keep your shirt on. Like, it's great. Like, it's an AC. Like, ain't no reason. We can't quit. Why? Because our finish is somebody else's start. That not, victory's not just for me. It's, it's through me. Yeah, you can get the reward. David got a lot of rewards that day. But, you know, problems are really just, just opportunities in disguise, aren't they? You, you, want, you want a bigger promotion, you got to solve a bigger problem. Right? You know, promotion comes from problems, right? And so rewards come after the battle's been, been fought. But, but the victory wasn't just, just for David. It was for all those people. So God wasn't just thinking about David and blessing him, and it wasn't like narcissism. God's like, i, I got to set my people free, and for that to happen, i got to bless you to knock out this giant so that the other guys will have the courage to face their giants so my people can live in freedom. When you start thinking kingdom of God, you start thinking church, you start thinking God help me win so I can help others win, God will start looking at you. You make your world all about you, it will always stay an island. It will always stay small. It will never go anywhere. But you make your life about other people, God's like, I'm going to get involved in that. I'll bless you. I'll help you. I'll, I'll encourage you, whatever. Let's take this thing out so we can get more people. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of wind down with this little story. Uh, this is in, in the 1950s. A, a man by the name of Reverend Everett Swanson had, had a burden for the men fighting in the South Korea, or the Korean War. And so he flies to South Korea, and he starts ministering to these, these men. While he's there, he's heartbroken with all the orphans that are left from the war. And so, so he does everything he can. It's the fight of his life to raise money to build an orphanage, okay? So he builds an orphanage. They put 38 children in it the first time, and he starts feeding them. And he gets this really amazing idea. I'm going to connect people from America to, to a child overseas, and, and this is how I'm going to fund this thing. This is how I'm going to create this. This is back in the 1950s, y'all, okay? I'm talking about the Ministry of Compassion International that served now over 1 million children that most Christians have at least heard about, okay? And we sponsor a Compassion Child. Man, I'd encourage you to maybe sponsor a child or so. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful ministry. And, and here he is over a million children later, and it all happened because he saw a burden, he sees somebody needed freedom, right? And he conquered his first Goliath, one little orphanage, 38 kids, and God gave him a God idea. Y'all, listen, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it down small for us. A couple weeks ago, you got to feed 300 people that are homeless in this community because of your generosity. I think you ought to give yourselves a big hand for that because we got to just do that a couple weeks ago. This week... And, and unfortunately, we've already filled up, so I can't take any more people. This week, we're going to serve a ministry that serves women in need. You guys are making a difference. Your generosity, your heart is making a difference. And I believe this is just the start. 
I feel young. I know I'm almost 40, but I feel like I'm 25, so we're just going to go for it, you know? And, and I'll do it until I lose my teeth, and I'll give it to somebody else, okay? And, but, like, I just feel like we're just getting started. People need God's love. And your, your finish is somebody else's start. Let me pray for us, and we'll close. Lord, we love you. Thank you for today's word. God, I, I, I pray your people were encouraged by your word. Lord, Lord I, I feel responsible to teach what you tell me, but, but Lord, ultimately, it's, it's really all about them and, Lord, what you want to give them and what you're, what you're putting on their heart to do and the courage you're giving them Monday through Friday. And so, Lord, I just pray for their lives right now, God, that you would open up doors, Lord, that you would knock down the Goliaths in their way, that you would level the mountains, that you would bless them tremendously, Father. God, I thank you for them. They're a blessing. They are the lighthouse to these streets. They may not even see themselves like that yet, but they are. So, God, thank you for being good. You're always faithful as we were singing. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.